I want to welcome Agile XRM to the podcast. I've known the people at Agile XRM for the past 12 years. I've seen how their business process management tool can add massive value to complex organizational processes in sectors such as finance and government. If you have complex processes or a need for dialogues on the Power Platform or Dynamics 365, take a look at how this BPM tool can add value. You can find them at agilexrm.com or check out the show notes for more details. Hi everyone and welcome to the Power Platform Show, formerly the Dynamics 365 Show. Today I'm here with David Gersten. He's come on the show. He comes from a more ERP-centric background, but has a lot to do with CRM as well, and has had a lot of focus with GP, which is something I've been interested in getting a bit better understanding of what's happening. He's a practice manager, so he's done a lot around all areas of running a dynamics business. So I'm sure there'll be things that you can learn in this show. But before we get underway, I've been working with an ISV called MapTasker. I started with working with MapTasker because I like the innovative way they're enabling sales teams to be more efficient. Did you know that outside field salesperson spends on average 37 to 40% of their time doing non-revenue generating activities? MapTasker's field sales for Dynamics 365 solution helps solve this problem by enabling sales teams to optimize their time, automate those manual tasks, and reduce those non-revenue generating activities by up to 25%, all through intuitive mapping interface, meaning sales teams have more time to seek out new opportunities, close more deals, and grow their company's revenue. For more information on how field sales for Dynamics 365 can help your company, get in contact with the MapTasker team by emailing hello at maptasker.com. That's H-E-L-L-O at M-A-P-T-A-S-K-R dot com. Full show notes for this episode can be found at nz365guy.com forward slash 168. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, David, welcome to the show. Hey, Mark. Thank you for having me. It's good to have you on the show, and I always like to get to know my guests first up. So can you tell us where in the world are you based? Do you live? Do you play? I am based in Irvine, California, Southern California, and I live in Northern Orange County, and I play either in the beach or in the desert. <laughs> Not a mountain person, but I do love the beach or the desert. So just just talking about Orange County, I don't know how far away, but isn't the Business Application Summit in 2020 close by to you? It is actually going to be like eight miles from my house. I, I'm excited. I live fireworks away. I could hear the fireworks from Disneyland and that uh, convention center is right there. So very excited to be able to commute back and forth very easily. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's going to make it nice and easy for you. So tell us a bit about what area of the Microsoft business applications do you work in? So I have been involved in the dynamic space for probably about 10 years. So primarily on the ERP side. So I've spent time in Navision, Business Central, Great Plains. Over the last probably four or five years, I've learned all about the sales and CRM side of the world, and more recently, the AX finance and operations, as well as the entire Pyro application suite. So very much, I feel I bleed dynamics (laughs) to a certain degree. (laughs) 
So how did you get involved with it to start with? It's a pretty funny story. I was unfortunately out of work at one point and uh, took a job selling cell phones and found a company that actually was a had a 200-person field service organization servicing laptops and, and hardware, but they had a very, very small division of Dynamics, and they actually sold Navision. Got really good friends with the management at that organization, sold them the 300 cell phones, and then they realized, David, you should be doing something different. And Historically, I had always been selling very large contracts, business process changing contracts, um, you know, everything around people, process and technology. And they said, hey, do you want to learn about ERP? And I was like, I didn't even know what ERP was. I had to go look it up. And I started, I became the VP of sales for an ERP division practice very quickly. So it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah. So tell me, how do you learn ERP? Kind of like what, what were the tools that you had back then to kind of get up to speed? So I was given this book and I don't even know where it's come from, but, and I I think it was like a session for someone who did like a paid session, but it was called Apples and Oranges. And it was basically like a 110 page book about financial terms, you know, so at least learn accounting 101. It was basically an accounting primer. That was the first thing. And then just really following great people around, going in and looking at environments, learning about, you know, every, I like to use the term everything between the front door and the back door. It's actually how it comes in the back door and out the front door. So it's a little backwards, but it's just spending time out in the field and surrounding yourself by great people. And for CRM, I was always using it. You know, I've had been in sales for 20 years and uh, as a sales user, I'm always using CRM. So it was real easy to understand that, you know. So so in the ERP side of things, kind of which area have you specialized in, like manufacturing, you know, you, I mean, there's so many different areas, warehousing, et cetera. What, what's your focus area? I think distribution is kind of where I've spent most of my time. But I believe, you know, all manufacturers are distributors. So it really works to my favor. I've loved spending time in manufacturing. I'm always the guy that drives down the street and my wife hates it, but I'm like, oh, did you see that building, that new building or that new sign or that? I'm always interested. I remember in college when they were rebuilding one of the libraries, I'd stand there and and like watch every day them making changes. So I love that process of manufacturing. So I picked it up real pretty easily. Now, I don't know about like all the terms and waste and scrap and all the really detailed terms that someone in manufacturing needs to know. I know enough to be dangerous and how to apply it to a business process, but I'd say manufacturing and distribution have been the core areas that I've fallen into inside of ERP. And and what about on the CRM side of things? Kind of, are you doing CRM projects for customers or is it more just in-house use? No, we actually do deliver services. Most of our ERP deals have CRM attached to them. So at the end of the day, it's always sales, you know, Salesforce automation to a certain degree. But now with Power Apps, I mean, it is now we talk about just what information do you need to do and how do you want to apply it to a business process? The term CRM isn't even used really anymore. I use it to almost explain what I'm talking about because there's such confusion in the marketplace. I have to go back to that term CRM, but I really don't like to. You know, I was talking to a customer today and they are a contractor and we were just talking about collecting time and they were talking about, do I use project service? Do I use field service? Do I use 
jobs or projects inside of Business Central. And I'm like, well, you could actually do all of that, or we could just build you a power app, <laughs> you know, at the end of the day. I mean, so it's that mindset that's had to change. But definitely, you know, what do they say? Order to cash or, cash, you know, quote to cash is a, sim- is, is a common process. Okay. So, so tell me about the organization you're working for now and what's your role? Yeah. So I work for a company called Dynamic Consulting. We are a Chicago-based American company. So we primarily do business in the United States and Northern America, but formed as an AX recovery shop about 10 years ago. And the founder of the company really just decided that he wanted to really deliver service like no other partner. And when it comes to how they're invested and prepared and accountable to deliver services and, and be, you know, form this customer DNA environment and followed the map that Microsoft wanted, you know, a couple of years after they formed, they said, oh, you have to learn CRM. So they brought on CRM. Oh, you have to learn you know, you have to get into the mid-market space. So they picked up some GP practices and and jumped on the business central bandwagon and, and really have just become this all-encompassing dynamic shop. And I mean, our name is Dynamic Consulting, which is great. And traditionally, it's it's always been based on customer DNA. I'm a practice manager and I manage the business central GP division side. So it's the SMB space practice manager and I do the sales and delivery side of it. I have a partner, Sean Dorward, who does the delivery and uh, delivery and strategy side for the SMB space. And then we have a CRM practice manager. We have a, a- AX FNO practice manager and we all just work side by side and and all of us come from, we used to be customers of partners. So we really know what, what it's like to be a customer and an end user. And I think that's really important. It, it, it distinguishes you from another, other partners who have only been doing and doing and not really, or they've been building and building, but not really doing. And it really takes a different perspective of, you know, explaining and understanding what a customer wants when you've been that person on the receiving side. Yeah. So tell me about practice management. It's a, it's a topic that I'm I'm very much interested in. What do you see the kind of, what are the core things a practice manager has to juggle? Because they often wear a lot of hats, right? We do. We do. We are actually our own sales force. We don't have salespeople in our organization. So we are engagement managers. We're hiring and staffing. We're doing our own blogs and our own social media. We're building a channel, a brand for ourselves. We're learning. We're staffing. I'm less on the resources side because I'm not a technical guru, whereas our CRM practice manager, he is both a a functional consultant as well as a practice manager. So we'll do PM work. I'll just do like handholding with the customer pre-sale and post-sale. And then purposefully also at Dynamic Consulting, I also help manage some of our strategic relationships with Microsoft, with other partners. We all have great relationships across the organization. And I've done some things in the past that really got me deep and wide inside of Microsoft. 
which has really helped transform some of this organization as well. Excellent. I'm going to come back to that. Before we go yeah. there, tell me about, and how, how do you uncover and gather new business? So that's a good question. It's not like you could sit on the phone and call people and say, hey, do you want to spend $100,000 or a million dollars and replace your ERP system? It just, mm -hmm. it doesn't happen. So <laughs> a lot of it is deciding how you want to go to market. So for us, we've been a recovery house for a lot of different things. And by what I say by recovery is word of mouth, CFOs, controllers, and, or, you know, different executives go from company to company and they experience uh, implementation that's already been done and it hasn't been done to their satisfaction. Or it's a failed implementation and Microsoft recommends us to the customer and says, hey, we can, you know, be the partner to help you out. So for many, many years, it was that. Plus, it was also the user group community and more LinkedIn than Twitter. Twitter is really just more, I think Twitter is for branding and it's for, you know, making sure people know who you are, but it's almost your competitors or more of your followers, unfortunately. You know, you don't get a lot of prospects from, I don't believe, from Twitter. But LinkedIn is a real big, powerful we write articles, we blog, so things like that. Started a newsletter within the last year here, and that was something that has been really responsive. And I think it's just having good reputation. Now, we, we've also done things where in the marketplace, we have some fix, you know, some solutions inside of AppSource, and we have something in the Azure marketplace, and we're also working with Microsoft with their one commercial partner go-to-market strategy. So it's a lot of different, what do they say, you know, hands in the, a lot of different, you know, tentacles out there to see what really sticks. You can't do too much. One exciting thing we did this year was we had a booth for our first time at the user group summit. And that was very successful. And we send so many people there anyway, we thought financially it made sense gave us a home. We spoke to hundreds of customers. Some of our practice managers actually had presentations there. So kind of said, hey, go talk to us at this booth. It just gave you a place to go. And But that was new to us, but definitely not the outbound calling, responding quickly to inbound. We, we revamped our website. So that was, that's been helpful. Having the name Dynamic Consulting definitely helps as long as we have the good SEO inside of our website. You know, because people are looking for that. Yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. If you could only spend your marketing dollar in one area to attract new customers, where would you spend it? Wow. Good question. Good question. <laughs> I really like the user group community. I think there's, you know, and, and it's not to try to, it, by no means do we want to take customers away from other partners. What we want to do is just show that we are we are experts at what we do, and there's certain partners that can't fill that whole gap. So we might get a customer that has a fantastic partner in their ERP solution, but they don't do Power BI. They just haven't had that strength. And and personally, it makes more sense to work with a Power someone who knows ERP and CRM for Power BI than someone who just knows Power BI. So we bring a lot of that add-on to the customers. So I would say probably, probably I would say user group community and investing in content. Just make sure we, and, and we do it internally. So all, each of the power, each of the practice managers or some of the senior consultants write blogs a lot. So I think that's important. 
That's good. So just just to backtrack on one of your your talk about being deep and wide with Microsoft, and that's allowed you to have you know create a lot of good relationships. Tell me how how about how did that come about? You know, going deep and wide with Microsoft. What, what are you referring to? So I think it's multitude of different ways. So. Dynamic Consulting has always had strong relationships with Microsoft. They've been on the product side and in the enterprise space primarily, but very dynamics. And it's hard to penetrate Microsoft. Absolutely. I had an opportunity about, I think it was now six years ago, Kevin McMillan from Ryan Tech nominated me to be on the Partner Engagement Board. It was the PEB at the time it was called. It's not a, it's part of the PAC family, but it was specifically for WPC Inspire. And they needed, part of it was there just wasn't a representation from the dynamic space. And I had the blessing opportunity to serve for four years on that. And while I was in there, I got to learn kind of a lot more about how Microsoft works and learn different people, Katie Quigley and and other product people and marketing people really started learning horizontally. And then with that and what IAMCP, International Association of Microsoft Channel Partners, gives you, there was a lot of visibility. So what I brought to Dynamic Consulting, they didn't, they had it already. It was just not it wasn't being leveraged to a certain degree across the platform. Very strong in the AX and FNO space. There were, we're in the HoloLens beta programs. You know, all that was that, that was because of the work that they've done. But just getting that tenacity behind and and asking these people inside the Microsoft, do you know this person? How do I get to this person? You know, taking advantage of certain programs. And there's so much consumption. There's so much information to consume. You just have to figure it out. And you can't do it all. John, our president, keeps telling me, you know, it's great to be involved in a lot of things, but you can't do it all. You know, and if I only spend a little bit more time focusing on fewer things, then maybe the results would be better. And that's our strategy for 2020. And real excited to just really be more focused and spending time on the relationships with Microsoft, leveraging the programs they have, kind of focusing a little bit of pure focus on that. We're still a small organization to have like a full Microsoft engagement manager type of thing, but we're getting there. And, you know, at the end of the day, you got to be able to produce revenue from it. So if you're not producing revenue, you got to know how to get away and and go walk and talk to the next person that wants to, you got to know what they're, what makes them successful. That was the key, you know, the, the Microsoft people. If you're going down the wrong rabbit hole with them, you're going to lose their interest. So we know that like Microsoft globally is kind of like two organizations at a very high level. So you have the, the engineering or product team that, you know, produce products. You know, there's two, two other parts to it. There's the sales part of that and the marketing part of that. And then there's the subsidiary, the field, you know, that, that are in the, the cut and thrust of deals, wherever they be, in your case, across the US. When when you were engaging with Microsoft, was your focus more up on that corp level or were you focusing on more the field staff, the the, the, the TSs, the SSs, et cetera? Yeah, you know, good question, Mark. Previously to coming to Dynamic Consulting, my relationship was always up at the global level, the product, the marketing, you know, the, you know, whether or not it was 
John Roskell or was, you know, Gabriella. And we still have great relationships with Gabriella Schuster. Don't get me wrong. John, John Stipula, our president, was up on stage with her last month at the IAMCP 10th anniversary celebration. So we have those relationships. What's new is really figuring out the field organization. We went to DTA last year and we went the year before. So we've been there. It's the Digital Transformation Academy that they have in the United States. And it's really just the field sellers kickoff. The challenge is you have to either be really, really, really focus on the really, 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 really big customers or specific named accounts. And that wasn't our strategy, and that's still not our overall strategy. We almost are, you know, it's hard to distinguish, but, you know, it's just how we deliver. You know, we have this methodology of being invested, prepared, and accountable. And when we're invested and prepared and accountable, we deliver excellent results. And that could be to a small business, that could be to a mid-sized business, and it could be to an enterprise. Now, that doesn't align really with Microsoft. When you talk to Microsoft, it's like, what segment are you in? What vertical are you in? What geography are you in? Okay, if you don't fit those three buckets, I don't want to talk to you. So we're we're trying to shifting a little bit to do that, but we also don't need to. You know, a lot of work is coming through other sources, but we also want to make sure we still keep that relationship because those are very valuable. I spend a lot of time with the mid-market team and deliver the message that selling dynamics, when we sell dynamics, Mark, we're selling, we know the customers at a different level than a true MSP does. We're, we're dealing with business processes that don't even exist. So then what happens is, and this is how we've grown our Azure and our office practice, honestly, is that, you know, they go, well, since you're doing this, do you have anyone that can help me with this? I'm having this problem. Or, you know, oh, we want to roll out teams. Can you help? You know, and we're not looking for the real complicated implementations, but I mean, that's how we became the Azure go-to partner for DCI. You know, all the academy, all the academy sessions that are run by dynamic communities now, we're hosting for them in Azure. We we got and that was a publicly announced before the summit. So there's a lot of like, because we were, and you wouldn't think of a dynamics partner, just a small dynamics partner doing it. Yeah, the larger global, more national, you know, bigger. I mean, we're only about 50 employees, which is still big. We joke, we say we're the large of the small partners and we're the small of the large partners. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. And what happens is we deal with those customers. We do deal with customers that are on EAs. We also deal with customers that want one or two licenses and they're paying Microsoft direct right now. And it's hard to, to, it's not easy to do that. I've been with other partners. I've seen other partners not be able to successfully do it because that divestment really is like throwing spaghetti at the wall and you have to be pretty strategic <laughs> to do it. So specifically around SMBs, right? A lot of partners that have gone into that space have struggled often to where they don't create a repeatable way of working. And, and you talked about you having a methodology around this. And actually, before I break that one apart, tell me, what do you consider SMB? What's your classification? Because you're in North America and my classification at the bottom of the world in New Zealand might be a little different. So tell me, what, yes. how would you classify an SMB? So I think I would say it's probably around, it could be as high as, a $500 million customer in revenue. 
it's not always the size of the company. I mean, I talked to a company today that had 19 employees, but they're $32 million in, in revenue. So they're definitely an S company, but they're very high revenue, which is great. They're very, you know, it's great for them. But they also, they can't afford that AX or F&O project. You know, they can only afford the Business Central or the GP project at this point. So we kind of segmented by project size to a certain degree, because not always does the you know, the billion-dollar company might be okay using Business Central, depending on what they're using it for. So I think business need drives a lot of that. But we are product divided here. As the SMB practice manager for sales and strategy, I focus on GP, Navision, and Business Central. But again, I'm always talking Dynamics 365 for sales. I'm always talking Power BI. I'm always talking Power Apps, often Office and things like that. But you know, typically we're finding 25 million to 100 million, 150 million. Those are typically because right when you start getting to about a 150, 200 million dollars, they're thinking about growth at a different level, and it might be will they might be willing to invest in an FNO solution or you know a finance or supply chain management solution today, knowing that they're going to grow pretty quickly over the next few years. And they have the million dollars that they can spend, you know, to implement something like that. Yeah, yeah. So you've mentioned GP Business Central NAV a few times. Do people go out and buy GP from scratch today? Or is that really, <laughs> nobody would be going out and buying, would I say, GP or NAV if you were like, start, if you needed an application, wouldn't it just be in that space, you'd go for Business Central? So it's a good question. So we wouldn't ever sell NAV. That's definitely because NAV doesn't exist anymore in, in the nomenclature that Microsoft has, unless they're in existence. So net new customer, we are selling, yes, absolutely, we are selling GP. But you know when I'm selling it? I'm selling it when the controller or the CFO used it before, and they are coming from another company, and they're like, I love GP, I want to use it. And we make sure they know GP is not going away. It's still a solid solution. There's a lot of functionality that still GP does that Business Central cannot do without heavy customization. There's an entire ISV community that is not moving out of the GP space. They are staying and supporting. There's 45, 52,000, whatever that number is of end users. It's a huge community. And, you know, you just, I, I remember just at the UG summit and we went to the little, we went to the party that, that one of the ISVs hosted and it was a karaoke thing. And I stood back and I watched it and I was actually there with some counterparts of my organization. And they said, you know, the AX group would never be doing this, <laughs> you know, and nothing wrong with that. It's just the GP community is, I don't think they're ever going to let it die. And, you know, I have no problem selling it. Now, if someone wants a cloud-based, 100% cloud-based, you know, a very solid accounting system with good distribution and they don't need a lot of customization or they don't need heavy, heavy reporting and, you know, I'll sell them Business Central all day long. But again, we're not we're we're looking for the customers we're dealing with personally here at Dynamic Consulting are not the like the one and two user quick start business central deals. We don't want to be that partner. 
There's plenty of other partners that are doing those type of deals. You can't make money that way. You can't make money even just selling the license and telling the customer to go implement it themselves. Because chances are they're not going to implement it. They're going to get upset. They're going to stop it. You're going to spend a lot of time trying to fix their problems. And they are using consulting time. And they don't want to pay that. So we just we avoid that. I've got a couple partnerships with some smaller partners that handle those type of things when we do see them. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. But again, mm-hmm. to go back to that, that, that recipe of success, we believe that a diagnostics is incredibly important with every project we do. And if you think about it, even if it's a 80 hour or 200 hour, you got to have a diagnostics. And when a customer only wants to spend $5,000, you can't do it. And the only way we're going to be invested, prepared, and accountable at the end of the day is if we do are invested in that diagnostics. We, you know, that that blueprint. We call it a blueprint. We call it a diagnostics. It's it's very much around sure step methodology. And and with all of our implementations, and that diagnostics might just be a few hours on the phone or a half a day or, you know, but we do sell, you know, to Business Central, we'll sell three-day, four-day on-site diagnostics that are $20,000 or, you know, mm-hmm. 30000 you know, different ones for F&O or, you know, and customers pay it. And those are the customers that we want to do business with. Now, our volume might not be huge, but our projects are going to be successful. We're going to get those referrals. You asked about how do we get our leads because we have happy customers, you know, and we don't need a huge heavy consultant base because we're not doing 50 projects at once. You know, we're doing fewer but larger projects at once. Yeah, yeah. I don't know very much about about GP apart from, you know, seeing the name, <laughs> seeing it around the community a lot because I, I very much, you know, grew up in the CRM side of things. But tell me, is GP, I take it the only way to make it cloud enabled is to put it on a VM in, in Azure. Would that Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And we have like, we have an offering in the Azure marketplace to do an analysis. And we have a lot of customers that have moved GP to Azure. There are some ISVs out there that will hear this and, and say, no, 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 we have, there's a couple that I can specifically, you know, if people want to contact me afterwards, uh, I don't want to make it a commercial for them. Yeah, yeah, but exactly. But they do have, you know, GP online, but they've done more of like a hosted, their own hosted environment, more of a subscription. Gotcha. Yep. But at the end of the day, it does have to be in someone else's cloud, which is really what Business Central is. It just happens to be in, you, you can't, it, it's... You know, there's very, if I put it up in Azure, traditionally someone still has to VPN in. They have to do something. They can't just go to a website. I mean, you could use web client, but it's just not the desire. That's typically not how it's done. If a customer really wants that, honestly, Mark, I'm going to sell them Business Central. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. So, okay, so that's very interesting. Are Microsoft continuing to to maintain or build or extend GP? So effective this year, Microsoft put it in the, what's it called, the continuous life cycle, the similar model as D365. So they're doing two updates a year. It does require a partner to be involved and and. It's not just like you come in tomorrow and it's upgraded, which I hope most CRM projects or even Business Central people don't just show up and do it. You know, you want to test it and you want to sandbox and things like that. But there will be two upgrades a year. They dropped the year version 
So it's now just called Dynamics GP. They they followed that same naming convention. It's version 18.2 now or 15.2. It's 18.2, I think, or something like that. Or, but at the end of the day, the features that Microsoft is improving, other than like year-end tax updates or payroll updates, they're all based on ideas or the what's it called the dynamics dot idea the the when customers go in or can, you go in and you vote on the sites just like CRM you know the feature page you, mm-hmm. so customers there's a page on that page site for Microsoft and the updates are typically feature improvements because it's already it it really is one of the best ERP mid market solid accounting solutions out there to date. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's been around and tried and tested for such a long time. Exactly, right? exactly. Wow. Let's talk about user yeah. groups because I know that you have, once again, a heck of a lot of involvement of these. And if my memory serves me right, I could be wrong, but didn't dynamic communities originally start in either GP or AX? I believe it was Way AX, if I'm not mistaken. I, I, I think, yeah, I know Andy was on the... GP side and Frank, I think, was on the AX. He might have been on the GP side, but yeah, they both kind of started it out and it's transitioned. I mean, it's now, they've made it now, what's it called in next year in Nashville? It's called the Community Summit. It's not even going to be called the GPUG Summit or the, you know, Slugs, because it is really that. When you look at the, when you go to their website and you see all the user groups that they have, most customers are involved, most customers and partners are involved with more than one of those user groups. Exactly. Yeah. So it's a community now. And I think it's becoming much more partner centric, not centric, but more partner positive. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to say partners. It's still a user centric organization, but partners are becoming, are being, are stepping up and becoming better players in the group. My argument to them is most partners are also work with the technology in their day-to-day life as well. We're so, users also. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So to classify them differently is, is yeah, I, I know there might've been some history, but I think that, you know, the more inclusive we can be, the better, but tell me, how did you get started in user group? So when I started, when I was at my previous partner, not the nav partner, but I went to a GP partner we just started to get involved in it and went to the local meetings and some of the consultants were teaching the academy classes and i and as the i had the role of vp of sales and marketing and one of the things was just get our name out there and be involved and and so i was very involved in the gp ug group so because i was a very GP, it was a gp centric partner that i ended up building a business central practice and a complementary CRM practice too. We didn't have an FNO or an AX practice. So it was very much focused on the user. I attended a lot of the user groups and really just started participating. And one of the things I really felt at that time was I was like, man, the partner needs a bigger voice here. And I think part of that was because I was spending, I was on the pack I was on the partner engagement board at Microsoft and listening to Microsoft listen to us. I was like, why isn't, as a partner, we can't even get, like, we can't go to a meeting unless we know one of our customers are attending. But we also don't get a list of the people going and we're not told if our customers are registered. 
So literally, when you have hundreds of customers, you have to go through every quarter and ask every customer, are you going or fine? I mean, it makes it very difficult because there was a couple bad people out there that kind of ruined it for us. At the end of the day, I was like, that just doesn't make sense. What can I do differently? And I squeaky wheel got the attention and I got put on the partner advisor committee for the GP user group. And we've been able to make a little bit of a difference there. So so what is the partner advisory committee? What it's about 10, 10 or 12 partners. And about four times a year, we have a call and we just talk about concerns and things that we are hearing about the user experience or the partner experience or, you know, the types of sessions they're having or feedback on the conference. And I think it was just because there was enough people that were squeaking that the organization said, okay, let's let's listen to some partners. It's just a small volunteer group. I don't believe I'm really moving a needle there at all, but it's, I definitely feel like it's a bit of presence. Now here at, at Dynamic Consulting, Way before I got here, for years, the AX and UG, they present every year sessions and sessions and sessions. They've been very, very involved because one of the things we really believe in here, and and, and when I came, it was a perfect match, is we really believe in just sharing our knowledge. Again, whether or not it's webinars or it's blogs or you know, we've had customers inquire and we find out that, you know what, they don't need a new partner. They don't need a billable event. They just need to be pointed in the right direction to an answer. And we don't send them a bill. We don't, you know, but at the end of the day, that pays off tenfold. It's good karma. We love going back and presenting, you know, Sean Dorward, the practice manager for delivery and SMB here. He had 10 sessions at the UG Summit. He's an MVP you know, also with Microsoft. So he's good at that. I mean, that's what he does, you know, but but our other consultants, Marjorie and, and Jake and John and Charlie and a lot of the other people on the team, they've done presentations, they've done academies, they've done webinars, and we're very involved in it. Yeah, it, it, it's real important to give back to the community. Mm-mm-mm. What do you see as a formula for running successful local user groups? Like if you were tasked with putting one on from scratch and you're going to build a fresh one today, let's say around GP, kind of what would your modeling be of a brand new user group taking all your experience into account? I think it's content. It's networking and content. There's two things. And people want to learn and people want to know other people that have the same problems. So as long as you give them a form to just ask questions and hear hear stories that other people have gone through. It's even, I tell my customers, we tell them, you know, when we welcome them to Dynamic Consulting as a customer, we show them several areas where they can actually get very low cost or free help. You know, one of them is the community Microsoft page, you know, community.dynamics.whatever the product is. One is the user group, and that's not free. There is a free version, but, you know, if you want a little more, you know, and then there's the MVP websites, and there's listening to blogs like or podcasts like yours, and we just give them that information. So I think what people want is information that's easy to consume and other people that have felt their pain. And I tell them a lot of times, I go, even though we are customer centric and we all came from customers, it's been a while since we're actively being a controller or financial, you know, doing stuff inside of 
the application. So you should know if you are a you know a, a controller at a multiple restaurant franchise. Let me introduce you to this other controller at multiple restaurants franchise or car wash franchise or whatever you are, because you guys have the same problems. And just because I've solved them for one, you guys could talk to each other and it doesn't cost you anything at the end of the day. So I think giving people that forum is really important. That's good. That's good. Any kind of, you know, give me some detail around, do you think, you know, an hour, hour and a half, two hour type sessions for local user groups? Or have you been involved in more one day events that are user groups? They're typically like a couple hours in the lunch. But you know what? I'm in Southern California, so that's a full day. By the time you drive down somewhere, you know, you, you go there, even IMCP meetings, whether or not it's the GPUG meeting. Um, I was just at the GPUG meeting a couple weeks ago. It was from 10.30 to 2.30, but, you know, you had to leave at 9 and you didn't get back till 3.30 or 4. So, you know, it's, yeah, it's, yes, a, full it's day, a full day, but, you know, that's only once a quarter. And, you know, groups like IAMCP, like that's the International Association of Microsoft Channel Partners, that's another, that's a partner group that is very, it's international. I've been on the U.S. board for a very long time and the local cha- chapter stuff you know, that is, again, that's only a couple hour meeting, but by the time you, you want to have meet discussions before, you want to have discussions afterwards, those become a full day. So they have to be really worth the investment, you know, at the end of the day. Exactly. So at the recent Orlando summit that I was at, I saw that your name on a slide in, in regards to the Channel Marketing Alliance. Now, is that a dynamic community thing? And, and what's that all about? It is, Mark. So about three, when were we in Tampa? Was it Tampa? Yeah, three years ago, right? Yeah, three years ago, we were in Tampa. And Brooke Webb-Smith, she was a marketer for vicinity manufacturing, a GP ISV, and then she was a couple other partners she had worked at. She had this vision of bringing the marketers together inside the GP space and went to Andy at DCI, and they decided to form this thing called the Channel Marketing Alliance. I had known Brooke through social media because we were both marketing roles. We both kind of came out of the sales marketing. And she pulled me aside and said, David, do you want to be involved? I said, absolutely. I think this is fantastic because we all are, again, it's another one of those communities where like-minded people face the same challenges on a regular basis. And what's nice is basically it hasn't been monetized yet and DCI has been great behind it. So I'm the co-chair and Natalie Jackson from Influence, she's the chair for the group. Unfortunately, Brooke Websmith, she passed away during the first year of it being established. And she had a sudden illness and it was a tragic community. And and for us now, it's our kind of just our, our mantra. This is our march. We've been told to like, carry her dream forward. And it's a great group of people. So there's advisors like, you know, John Rivers is out on the advisory board and, and myself. And there's, a you know, a half a dozen of us are on the actual board that keep the keep it going. And really what we're doing is we're creating webinar content. We're, we're identifying good speakers to come. We're, we're finding content that help. We have a great forum. They use the same collaboration back end 
for the UGs as for CMA. So people post, like someone posted a question a couple of days ago, you know, I want to use, you know, a new SEO expert. Who do you recommend? And, and it's, you know, dynamics marketers helping dynamics marketers. And it, it's across product set. And it's great because we have, we have CRM marketers, we have GP, we have NAV, we have everyone from the entire community. And there's a few hundred members now. It's free to join. And, you know, we're just trying to build that out. And right now it's exclusive to Dynamics marketers. But, you know, who knows if we'll ever take it further than that. Awesome, awesome. So, we, you know, by the time this podcast goes live, it actually will be into 2020. What are, what are your hopes for the 2020 year in business? I only see positive right now. We are lining up for one of our best years ever. And part of that is just the commitment that Microsoft has put with the product. Economies at a point where people are buying again. I think the transition to the cloud. So we just want to keep seeing. My one ask is stop changing the names. <laughs> you know, so that's my one ask. But the second ask is, you know, I think as long as we maintain the cadence of the interest that customers have, we'll be we'll have a six, very successful year. the The job that we have as partners is to protect our base. I think there's a huge opportunity. The competition is out there. It's very aggressive. They're partners that are leaving the Microsoft channel because of really aggressive competitors, the way they're paying the partners to, to transact. It's, you know, it's good and it's bad. Let's get weed out the fat, weed out the people that aren't serious, and then let's really just have a great year together showing that Microsoft, the cloud, whatever it is, it's, you know, they used to call it the three clouds, but it's really Microsoft 365, Dynamics 365, and Azure. It's the best solution out there. And don't be our own enemies. There's so much, so many partners out there and so many consultants and all these people out there that are, that are smashing our own products and, and talk, you know, let's stay focused on the successful implementations and delivering excellent products with, again, we are invested, prepared, and accountable. And and that's our mantra. That's what, how we mark, march at Dynamic Consulting. And, you know, we're just going to keep on doing it. And 2020 is going to blow fast, just as fast as 2019 did. And it'll be 2021, 2022, and we'll just keep, you know, making things better for our customers. So good, so good. Okay, you ready for some quick fire questions? Yeah. Okay, so this is not about work, this is more about life. First of all, would you rather never read another book or never watch another movie? I would rather never read another book. <laughs> I'm actually not a big reader. Unfortunately, I have like three or four half-read books right now. So if I didn't have to read another book, I'd be fine. <laughs> <laughs> if you could do anything in the next year, what would it be? Oh, I, I really, I'm a foodie. And I would love to travel to like Vietnam or some Asian country and taste. If you follow me, you'll know I love sushi. I love Asian food, Japanese, Chinese, Taiwanese, anything. I want to taste it authentically. I want to be in that country and taste that food. <laughs> so good. So good. Which piece do you often play with on the Monopoly board? Ooh, I think I'm the hat. Yeah. The hat. Are you a morning person or a night person? I don't sleep long. So I tend, I get up pretty quickly and I go to sleep late. So I accomplish both. I'm not a midday person. 
I, I definitely tend to crash towards the midday, but I, I do, I can get up pretty early and be on fire. My wife's like, dude, I haven't even had my coffee yet. <laughs> you know, stop talking. Classic. If you had to change your name, what would you change it to? If I had to change my name. I always liked the name Scott. Yeah. I'm not sure. My middle name is Stuart. And I always said, oh, I should be David Scott. And my mom was like, no, you're David Stewart. And so, so Scott, I think, would be what I would change it to. Very cool. What was your first car? My first car was a 1983 Ford Escort that had a gas leak. So all of high school and my first part of college, I had no idea why I actually had headaches all the time until I got rid of that car. <laughs> crazy, crazy. David, before you go, if you could recommend somebody as a guest for the podcast in future, who would you recommend? So I have two because I don't know if they've done it yet. So I don't know all of them, but I'd say Steve Endow or Mariano Gomez. I think they're fantastic. They are both come from the GP space that have really adopted power apps, the power platform. Steve Endo two years ago was showing power apps tied to GP up on stage before any other partner was doing it. And I think he's just really endorsed. They're both MVPs, and I think they're both actually on the Power Platform Tour right now together. But I'd say if you haven't interviewed either of them, either of them are, are perfect. Excellent. I'll connect with them. I have interviewed one of them. David, it's been great to have you on the show. If people want to connect with you online, where's the best place for them to do that? So Twitter at DSGersten, that's G-E-R-S-T-E-N, is my best thing. Just DM me there or on LinkedIn. You can find me there. I am frequently following both of those, and I, I actually do look at my emails and my DMs. Thanks again for joining me on today's show. Full show notes can be found at nz365guide.com forward slash 168. I'm your host, business applications MVP, Mark Smith, otherwise known as the NZ365 Guy. If anything in the show has raised questions for you or you'd like to, to chat further, feel free to reach out to me. LinkedIn Messenger is the best way to get hold of me. Just send me a private message, connect with me, and we'll have a chat. Anyhow, bye for now. Bye.